Gentlemen, welcome to the most electrifying must-listen-to podcast in sports entertainment. Welcome to FFC. I am your host, the most consistent podcaster in sports entertainment, the man who has single-handedly reinvented what it means to go bi-weekly, Damien Gentile Ellinghouse, accompanied as always by good friend and lover of procrastination, Ryan Doyle. Uh, I'm sorry. I am the Cal Ripken of Consistent Podcast. They may call you the Lou Gehrig, but I am the Cal Ripken of Consistent Podcasty. Podcasty. They're not even in the same generation. Why Lou Gehrig and Cal Ripken? Cal Ripken beat his streak. Come on, no one, come on. No one, no one cares about baseball, Ryan. There's a pitch clock now. It's better. Not, it's a, better. Single per, not bigger, a single person in America. Bigger bases, baby. Not a single person in America has ever thought to themselves, you know what sport I like? Baseball. Sure. Just like with cheese and bacon, Americans have just convinced themselves that they like baseball more than they actually do. What are you? Are you a rashers man? Is that your type? Is that your preferred bacon? You're you're a rashers I, boy. First off, I don't eat pork. Okay, Ooh. rude. Second off, <laughs> second off, the only ball I will ever watch is double A. Okay. That's where all the real talent is. Sure. The, Double A baseball. The Newport Pelicans. That's what I'm talking about. Give me some the Only non-independent leagues for me, baby. Long Island Ducks. That good old go New York see. Penn League. There you go. Now we're talking. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the road to WrestleMania. And... Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be coming at you hot and hard, uh, heavy heavy and soft, um, with with just uh, wall to wall, uh, dripping down the seams coverage. All right, um, yeah, great, love it. Coverage, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about the the road to WrestleMania. There's a revolution on the horizon, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's headed by a generational talent. So, Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Jericho, yes, AW Revolution live on pay per view is going to be headlined by Chris Jericho in a sixty minute Iron Man match with a keg. Man, nobody wants to talk AW. We're not an AW podcast anymore. Listen, We're not an AEW podcast. I mean, I, have, I, have I not said from day one that we are a <laughs> WWE podcast? I've been very explicit about what this podcast is. The first time Ryan was like, let's do Ryan came to me and he was like, we should start a podcast. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But Ryan, I'm only doing it if we shamelessly love the Fed. Ryan said, but you know, there's this like hot up and coming promotion. I said, save your breath, bucko. The only man I'm going to be rooting for is a McMahon. And uh, I love That's that. Good. I li- that was actually pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Ryan, what seltzer are we drinking tonight? 
Nay, nay. I say, nay, nay. That's right. Oh, my. Oh, boy. I'm back on the wagon, baby. Ryan Ryan has himself a colossal beer. I succumbed. Come. Right. It is a colossal. It is a Maximus Colossal IPA from our great friends at Lagunitas. 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 Robusticus. Flavicus. 9.0 ABVicus. For all the hot heads. Love me that Hophausen. Uh, missed opportunity um, on not making the U of V, the Roman U. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Did they ever? Just goes to show you, Ryan. And some people they're not uh they're not wise to history like some of us are. Hire me, Lagunitas, for your art department. I'm much better than the uh, New York U intern. You probably pay uh, twenty one dollars. I will. I will gladly accept nineteen. Whoa. Ryan really uh really lowballing himself there. Well, I have a stone cold classic here. I've got all the way from 1589 upon the sea. We've got Hofbrau München. Yes sir, yes sir. The Hofbrau original. 11.2 sweet fluid ounces of Munich specialty beer brewed according to the german purity law oh which you really you really would think that. <laughs> you would think that at some point they'd be like boy we need to rename that don't we um, why why but... should we change it why should we have to change it yeah that came out really it boring. is established <laughs> it is established settled law it is decided so i'm just gonna just gonna pour that right, into yeah. the, pour that into the old Spetten mug. Romans and Germans, two totally not uh uh brutal races. The totally Roman not. well it's well, the it, it is interesting, right? It is interesting. The 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 end of your beer was directly because of my beer. That's right. That is correct. The Huns. The Vandals came to the, the Vandals. So, All right, uh, let's sit. Let's crack. Let's crack. Post. Oh, you I got the big, in, big glass and everything. I guess in your, in your, quiere? Uh, no, that's not quiere. Saluda. 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 Ah, going straight for a Ooh. maximum offense here. Um, Tasty boy. Okay. That was painful. I'm okay. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, live on pay-per-view, coming at you starting at 5 p.m. this upcoming Sunday, uh, May 5th. We've got AEW Revolution. So, without trying to, like, you know, wade through the weeds too much, um, it's definitely safe to say that the the turntables have turned uh over the last six to eight months. Um WWE writing 
arguably its biggest high since not arguably definitely its biggest high since Kofi mania. Uh, but with all due respect to Kofi mania, a true all timer of a, of a um, storyline, uh, the bloodlines story, just because of how many other people it's brought into it, how it's kind of made its way through the card, uh, the buildup throughout the pandemic. I mean, the, this bloodline story is going to go down in history as one of WWE's finest moments, regardless of era. Whereas AW, ever since Brawl Out uh, back in August, really, I mean, here's the thing. AW, I would, uh, it depending on what you like, I would say that AW still offers, you know, bell to bell, the best wrestling that you're going to see in America. You know, I, I, I feel I could comfortably say that. But AEW is definitely right now in a lull where their stories are not quite hitting. Uh, MJF's coronation, you know, you love to see him versus Brian Danielson. But the story has been lacking another gauntlet feud to lead up to it. So, so. We'll 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 get into that, but it's just I had a DUI. I don't know. It, yeah, AW <laughs> is lacking something in the like storyline department, something that really hooks you. It's not to say that there are not good stories on this card. There are for sure, but and, and the card itself is still a very strong card. But it's just uh, it's you're naturally going to compare it to what WWE's doing. And the last six to eight months have really made it feel like Impact 2.0, like TNA 2.0, uh, with due respect to TNA and with due respect to AEW. But, and I'm not saying that ever AEW and WWE were necess- were ever like neck to neck in terms of, you know, promotions like that. But AEW rode hot for a good three years where WWE was languishing. And now, not only is WWE offering some damn good wrestling, but its storytelling is a lot better at the top and the middle of the card right now. And that's just, I think, a little bit inarguable, you know? But feel free to argue with me if you if you <laughs> if you disagree. No, I mean you're right. The one thing It was hypothetical. Don't fucking argue. Don't it's rhetorical. No, it's okay. Go on. You can talk. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I was watching the um the Sonic Ring match that they have uh for Revolution, uh, mm-hmm. who, to determine who was going to face Samoa Joe or Wardlow, and uh, Hobbs won. It was really good to see. Yes. He got a really good pop for that. Um, but it made me realize like the coffers are very good for AEW, so they really still do have that going for them. Um, and that's a good thing, you know, because. I guess we have to talk about it, you know, all these. See, all right, so we're going to talk about Kenny Omega to WWE, but Kenny's just really doing his due diligence right now. This is probably yeah. like the last great free agent uh, era that he's going to walk into, presumably if his contract is really up. But regardless, I think it's up soon. Um, so I don't think a lot of it's going to come from it. I think, you know, he, he knows where he kind of, quote unquote, belongs. Um whether or not he has anything left to do in Japan, I'm sure he's still 
wants to be present there and go back there. So I don't think he feels done. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. People were quick to say like, oh, well, you know, he's like, not that with W like you better best believe he's going to work that to his contract if he goes to WWE. But I feel mm. he has more reign and freedom to do that in AEW. And look, you know, I don't think it's going to be easy for himself to separate it from from himself like Cody did, perhaps. Um, but yeah, so what I'm trying to get at this is AEW life without the elite and Kenny Omega. It's going to be tough if it does happen, but they have a lot of great guys on the rise. Not to mention a third of their roster that they don't use. So, you know, it's all not that bad right now. All they really need is for maybe some veteran EVPs in the back, not guys that are our age. And, you know, maybe somebody like um, like a Billy Kidman, if he's free. I don't think he's with WWE anymore. Devon, some guy like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And they need writing. You know, whether it's a professional t- television writer or it's someone who specializes in fiction character storylines, like you got to get somebody in there because it's not that their stories are bad. It's just that they're quick to just be like, oh, okay, that's done with new story. For example, Keith Lee and Swerve were, that should have been a, you know, were they the greatest tag team of all time? No, but there should definitely have been more weight and uh, like a more like tumultuous feeling to that breakup. And like Swerve got two weird guys with tattoos and Rick Ross. And like, where have those guys been? Like, why should I care about those guys? You know? And sure. Like Keith Lee, I think took some time off for injury, but then like he's showing up recently and speaking to Devon, he's out here looking like a fucking pastor, but <laughs> I agree. Like, a big issue that I'm noticing with AEW storylines, and a lot of people have pointed this out, so this is hardly like some, you know, uh, original idea. But AEW, right, they consider themselves the wrestler's promotion. And like I said, no dispute there. I definitely think that even with how good WWE has been, as a general rule, the best wrestling that you can see just from like that perspective is AEW. But it's all about the banger, and they've been a little light on story. So, you know, listen, FTR Bald can have all the good matches he wants, and, you know, you can throw together dream match after match, but if they don't mean anything, then no one cares. Um, yeah. And, and so as you look through this card, right, like I said, it's not like we're without stories or characters here. There's just this weird listless feeling, right? So, for example... Uh, the AEW Tag Team Championships, right? The Guns, after pulling the stunning upset over the acclaimed Daddy Ass, not um, turning on the acclaimed, as a lot of people thought. You know, you're going to get the Guns versus the acclaimed versus Jay Lethal and somebody that I think is being decided tonight, uh, because I guess it's not I, Jeff Jarrett. I didn't see them on the show. Or maybe it is Jeff Jarrett. Um, I don't know. Hard to know right now. I, I think I think as dynamite's happening, well, it just ended actually. Yeah, so, Brian is screaming at MJF right now. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So like the guns and the acclaimed, uh, you know, 
there's a decent story there and the guns have worked pretty hard to get themselves over as well as like the shit shit heels um you know lethal and jarrett um you know give jeff jarrett his flowers you know he's very good at being hateable he's still able to go in the ring and jay lethal's great so whoever he gets in this i'm sure will be good um but you know it's it's not exactly it's not exactly a blockbuster but in fairness uh the guns and the acclaimed that's like a marquee feud that they're trying and they're trying to build up the young guns there so you know whatever it'll be it'll be a fun good match and uh i don't know to be honest i kind of expect the guns to retain but don't be surprised at the acclaimed do then you get what is probably the most problematic feud on here just from a storytelling perspective which is chris jericho versus ricky starks ricky starks beat jericho clean and then had to run through a gauntlet to get the honor of then rematching Jericho so that Jericho can maybe get his win back. Ricky Starks doesn't need to be stuck in the Fozzyverse, all right? No. Ricky Starks is a goddamn star, and he he doesn't need this. And I understand, I don't dispute that Jericho still moves, you know, puts butts in seats and, and all that, but... I don't know what's Ricky really getting out of this, especially like if they dare have Jericho go over, which I mean, I'd be shocked, but you know, who the fuck knows? It's kind of a shame too, because Jericho's having a great year and yeah. that's not to say I didn't pop a couple times at the beginning for JAS, but it'd be so much better if he was on his own, you know, it's tired. It's, it's tired. Yeah. Um, no, I mean like the constant interference all week and like, Sammy does not need to be in a group anymore, you know? Uh, and I also don't care about 2.0 as much as anyone else does. I, I, they just don't do it for me personally. But they'd still be better off. Like, they barely tag together, I mm -hmm. feel like, anymore. Yeah, they're just there for comedy, you know? Which Fine. Wrestling needs comedians too, but uh, they are a pretty good tag team. And, like, Danny Garcia is just... <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, Daniel very, Garcia He comes off is... as very lame now, you know? I don't know... That whole, like, we talked about it before, but, like, you know, the whole, like, stop, you guys are my favorite wrestlers. And, like, in the long scheme of things, maybe he was just doing that to go over as a heel again. But I don't know. Like, I'm glad between him and Yuta, I'm glad Yuta's kind of, like, able to hide in the background a little bit. Not that he's not ready to do but anything, I but, like, he's able to go to, he's, he's an ROH champion. Like, they should be doing the same at Garcia, too, in that aspect. And he um, is still an ROH champion, you know, and it's... Right or did you to beat him for that? Yeah, no, he's again. Uh, he's still there. Yeah, yeah. And, and like that—that that is a prime example of like I don't really know what they were going for because you had the crowd legitimately backing Daniel Garcia, and he has these series of matches against Brian Danielson, particularly the two out of three falls match. Everybody's calling that his best match ever, and like he's riding this high and. You know, it's 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 fairly simple storytelling, but it's captivating, gets a job done, and then like he just turns heel and there's no particular reason why he did that. He just did it and it, it just it undid all of that goodwill. And like you said, now he's just a fucking guy. Now he's just a guy in that group. And what was this all for? Yeah, there's no like payoff. It kinda like all these stories just kind of roll into another story, you know? Like, oh, this is happening now, and and the audience is like, all right. 
You know, it's not like the, it's not like we're not interested in these storylines or we're not. Invested. Why couldn't this be Garcia versus Ricky Starks? Like, why why yeah, does Jericho exactly. need to be the guy that's? It just, I don't think it does. I don't think this has done anybody any favors. I don't think the JAS at this point has elevated any one of them, uh, mm. in that group. Um, it's done nothing for Sammy. I think it's actively hurt Daniel Gar. It worked for Daniel Garcia, and then they squandered it. Jake Hager's there. Whatever. I don't care. He can be whatever weird muscle yeah. with hat. And 2.0, like, may as well not be wrestlers. And then they know? have so I just three women? Oh, right. Yeah, you've got Anna Jay, I guess. And who else? Uh, Ty. Tay. Oh right, Ty Conti. Yeah, it's just this has done know. nothing it's for just, anybody. It's, it, it, it's done nothing for anybody. So like, hopefully Ricky Starks puts this to bed and like go fucking go on to the main event. Yeah. Uh, then you got the TNT Championship, Joe versus Wardlow. So this is this is like, it's it's hard to say necessarily. It's and Hobbs now, sorry. Oh right, Hobbs got added to that. So it's hard necessarily to say that this is a good story, but it is a story. And like, you know, Joe has looked the best he's looked in years with this championship. And you cut off if- my little ponytail, Joe. You <laughs> cut it off. It reminded me of my dad. And if-, and if Hobbs was not in this match, uh, I would, as much as I like Wardlow, I almost would be rooting for Joe to retain because the like face of TV reign for him has just been really good. It's been right. really fucking good. He's done, he's done uh, his job. But and, and with no disrespect to Wardlow, this is Hobbs's moment. We have Hobbs to. We has, have to. You have to. We have to go for him here on principle. I'm sorry. It must. I love be, Wardlow. It must be done. He's I really too do. Good. He's too good. He's been in the background for too long. This is Hobbs's moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got to go over here. Let's not fuck around. And plus, he's going to play the tweener in this match. So, yeah, go for it. Man. Yeah, we we got to go. We got to go all in on this one. Uh, but Wardlow, Hobbs, Joe, I expect that to be a real. Yeah, that's gonna match. be a banger. That's gonna be a banger. I, so I, I and and the TNT title ever since they finally got it away from Sammy and America's top talent team, America. You know, it, Joe. Darby Wardlow, like it's been very good since then. So I, yeah, I do just... have to say that. So they let's give a let's give them the flowers. The the uh TNT title for the last couple of months, that's been good. It's been a good trajectory. Yes. And though it's not on the show, it, it might be on like the opening or the pre-show, but Orange Cassidy he's done a great job with the uh All Atlantic Championship as well. I still wish that you would get more like worldly defenses uh but orange cassidy is up to 13 defenses he's really worked hard to make that belt feel important mm-hmm. and yes i know aw's got too many titles but if you're gonna have those titles at least make them feel important and it gives other people stuff to do and i'm i'm cool with it so you know just flowers to him as well he faced big bill and that guy looks so fucking good man <laughs> He really yeah, does. Listen, Bill, so like make Bill, that. Continue. 
Phil looks great. And Orange Cassidy's match against Wheeler Yuta, bringing back the best friends feud, like that was a really good. So he's been working hard. And yeah, that's, make that like that's your third tier belt. Like, you know, like not... that should be the traveling belt. I still go. think that's what it should be. It should be the traveling belt. TNT should be your workman's belt. And so I fully intend that if they do the right thing, they put it on Hobbs here, that you will continue that. Uh, Hobbs is ready to fucking get launched. So you want o- you... you want OC to win. Or you just you were just bringing him up? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just like I said, Orange Cassidy. I don't think he's got a match set. He might be on the pre-show, but I just wanted to give a shout out to him because I do think he's worked hard to make that title okay. Okay. feel important. But to the TNT Championship, right? Let's. This is Hobbs's moment. Let him write the next chapter in the book of Hobbs. Then you get to what honestly is one of the weaker parts of you know. Again, you harp on this every time you talk about AEW, but the Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter versus Soraya versus Ruby Soho. Now, first off, Jamie is nuclear, uh, nuclear over, right? right? She's red fucking hot. She was absolutely the right person with the belt. And I let's give the props here. Uh, they, Britt gave like an interview recently where she said like, this is Jamie's moment and I want to do what I can to elevate the division. And I think that she's absolutely helping do that. What is hurting Jamie right now as a champion is there is no defining feud in this division right now. They want the defining feud to be Soraya, right? But like Tony Storm and Soraya got together. Soraya comes back, talks about how she's happy to have a boss that finally listens to her, but then immediately goes heel. And then they have Tony Storm go up with her and they're like the outcasts. But like, first off, Soraya got hurt. Second off, Tony Storm got let go, and like that was WWE's loss. And Tony Storm was a great champion as well. Uh, should have been the actual champion longer than she was, but you know, interim whatever. She was great. But uh, let's face facts. I don't. I don't know that Soraya is particularly succeeding right now. Is Somebody she fully pointed- cleared? Yes, as far as anyone knows. Okay. But, you know, I think somebody pointed this out. Now, she had a match with, uh, uh, what's her name? Blue. Fuck, I always forget. Sky Blue. Sky Blue. And they, like, did a little callback to when Paige, when Soraya's Paige beat AJ Lee for the Women's Championship. And that was kind of cool. But, like, I've seen, I, I saw this opinion get made and i do agree with it that soraya stood out like she was a good wrestler for sure um but she stood out in an era where there weren't necessarily a ton of like really solid bell-to-bell workers in the women's room at yeah that she moment. was part of that first gen of the of the new you know women's. her and aj were kind of like the standouts and then i don't really know who else was in that era because that was before it was right before the horsewomen, but you can you can include the horsewomen. But she she kind of has been overtaken because now the things that made her feel special, now she's surrounded by people that can work circles around her. And she has a lot of rust. And she's got baggage. She's got baggage. Being with somebody like Rodney Radke and having him be your theme song. We do not songs stand. about cancel culture. Like, it's not working and it sucks like you know i don't back as a heel i never well wait have her come back you mean have her come back as a face 
No, it was weird to have her come as a face and then immediately turn heel. I just don't... oh yeah, no. It's like they so... imme- they were trying to supplant Brit as the top heel, but like y- y- I don't think that works. Well, they did that in response to Jamie Hader. Then I'm okay with it. But the the fact remains that Hader got bogged down in another faction storyline within AEW where exactly. she should have just been going exactly. on a run. Even if you wanted to do her versus Brit, fine. It but... seemed like they were going somewhere with Hikaru Shida. It looked like that storyline was going somewhere. Like maybe Shida's going to turn right. heel yeah. because she like, and then nothing, nothing, no payoff to that at all. It looks like it was going to, I was like, I okay, don't... I am fine with this. And then it was just like, strike. And, oh, then, strike. and then Ruby Soho's here. Ruby Soho's here. And it's like, so I'm okay with why? that aspect. Why? But, but why? Why is this a three-way instead of a one-on-one? Why would this not be Jamie Hader versus Soraya? With like, why is Ruby Soho to protect Soraya so she does take the full damage? Exactly. It's it's maybe even to take the pin, but like, great. So now Ruby gets another pin on her. Terrific. I just don't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to nitpick, but again. Of all the things to get wrong, they just keep getting this division wrong, and it is fucking stockpiled with outstanding talent, good characters, and a champion who is over as fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't know what we're doing. I would have rather they continued it with Tony Storm at this rate. Like, just fucking keep that feud going. Do I give a shit? Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. and then that also leads to like the TBS championship isn't on here, but like okay. Jade, what what are we doing? Jade's got to Jade? drop it. Make a decision. They... Either have it drop it to Willow, or have it have her drop it to anybody people, else. But people listen. have suspected that the person that's going to take it from her is Statlander, but like Statlander, it, it, Statlander, or Willow, one of them. But but Statlander's not back yet, right? She should be back soon. But that's what they've been saying, and in the meantime. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and be like Jade's the best worker in the world, but she's improving. She's got star power. I want to say, but she's what come, are we oh, doing? She's come a really long way, but they she have has, to wrap this up. It's time to. They got to wrap it's it up time- because you, to, they have to free that belt up in order to stop whatever we were just talking about before. You know, that like there's too many women all together. They need another belt to create another separate hemisphere in AEW for the women because one isn't enough. Who so so you know what made Goldberg's fucking streak special? Uh the cattle was... prods. <laughs> Not no. <laughs> what made Goldberg's streak special was like you started being like, who's gonna be able to take him down? Right. Who's yeah. gonna be able to take him down? And then what did WCW do? They fucking bungled it and they cattle prodded him and they had Kevin Ash be the one to go over on him. Um you're running into the same issue with Jade. We're past 50. She's got like 19 defenses of this belt. You're not really presenting many people as a threat to her. Like like you said, like this has got to get wrapped up. You need to build the division. You need there is no point in having a second car a second belt in that division if you're not actually building up a mid card for the women. There's just you're not doing anything. Nobody's getting over this way. Yeah, it's it's sorely needed at this point. So I'm I'm listen. If Statlander's not coming back, I'm gonna drop it to Ruby, drop it to Willow, 
drop it to Soraya. This I don't care. Figure something out. We gotta we gotta get moving. You're especially because if you're building Jade up this way, then you then she needs to go be in the main event. Obviously, like so. And it feels like they don't want to do that because once she goes into the main event, they're like, oh, she needs to win that feud. But then what? You're going to just immediately jump to another long title reign on her? Like, I just feel like this is stunting her development. And even she, for whatever it's worth, is on Twitter talking about, like, you know, excursions to Japan and shit. Like, I just don't think this is working. And to your point, Ryan, whoever the fuck is booking that division, we got to do better. These women deserve better it's embarrassing it is like four years on now we have just got to stop with this shit i'm hoping the ring of honor women become like the best kept secret in wrestling let's hope let's let's hope uh then you've got another huge story issue here right the aw trios championship the elite versus the house of black uh i'll say it why did the elite go over on death triangle why if because we have, they had to make up for the last couple of months that we didn't have the elite. If Plan you were assembled. going to have the House of Black be the ones to be the next trios champions, why would it not be over the people they feuded with? Why is it with the elite? Like exactly that reason. No, there, we don't have to provide like a, an actual cave fave reason to it. It's just because. No, it's literally just it's because the elite. It was the apology tour, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, best best of seven I've ever seen. Yes, th- th- this is my point. Banger matches, banger matches, and and in this case, at least there was history between Pac and Kenny and the Lucha Bros and the Bucks. But like, Kenny Omega went to New Japan, looked like instantly again the best wrestler in the world. And then he came back to this, and like, he's what? He's they're doing a feud with fucking a AR Fox. No disrespect, but like, yeah. He just feels pedestrian, and it is very clearly an AEW issue at this point. This is an AEW issue. He he. Ha, in terms he of the writing, or just in just Kenny? just in terms of he's just there. He's too. He's just there. Big. He's like you're gonna tell me that he had that seven star match against Will Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom, and now he's doing trios matches. I'm telling you, man, they didn't need this. They didn't need fucking trios titles. I'm sorry. You know what? Like, I will I will own up to it's it. It's just a I mess. Was like, I, I was saying for years that I thought a trios title would be good because of all the factions. But you know what? No, I, I'm going to eat crow on this. It's absolutely monopolized the tag division. It's cannibalized right, it because from the like, inside out. What am I supposed to care about more? You know? I don't. I, I, I don't. You don't have to look at it that way, but like you said, it's like it's like the fetal twin on the shoulder of the tag team division, like sucking the power. You know, it's the fucking, it's the malignant brother head on the back of what's her face. Quaid, start the reactor. <laughs> <laughs> like, and also, I don't know that the House of Black win this, and if the House of Black don't win this. Fire them. Doing? Fire, Fire them. them. <laughs> Fire them at this point. Like Malachi, d- d- what are you doing? What was I up with that, I by don't... the way? Did we ever address that? Like, I understand if he re- like if he if he, he really he... needed time for personal. No, that that as far as as far as what uh, Malachi said 
and it seemed like he was being pretty genuine. It seemed like he was going through some mental health shit. He needed to take some time for himself, and then they came back. That's just, not my issue. It was really presented as it was really a contract dispute going yeah, on. Yeah. Maybe it, it's not no, worth it, that much getting into. It, I just wasn't sure if they addressed it or he addressed it. He he addressed it as like he was he genuinely wasn't sure if he was coming back, not because he was unhappy there necessarily, but because like he just you know we don't know what was going on in his life. I don't remember if he said there was like a death of some sort. Okay. I can't right. remember. So I no won't need to, it. but I no but I do know further. I do know that he was like it wasn't it like he was like AW was very supportive. They were like, take the time you need. Yeah. Okay. That's it's good. not because I'm unhappy with booking or anything. He needed time, he came back. My issue is they languished for too long prior to that. And now he comes back and they're doing the same thing. Look, all, all I know is if you don't put the titles on a house of black and really make them fucking legitimate, fire them, let them do anything else. What? And what? I don't listen. I don't give a shit about Brody King or buddy Matthews. They're great workers, but I don't care. Malachi, that dude needs to be doing more. What went wrong? In his trajectory, was it was it not the proper payoff with Cody? Was it him? No, honestly, him ultimately losing that feud was totally fine because he went over on Cody twice. Okay, so like I don't have an issue with Cody then getting his win back. Right, we were all anti Cody, but realistically, that's fine. What went wrong is then they did cool stuff. You know, he missed people. They get all fucky, right? They start doing weird shit. It was kind of similar to what they were doing with The Fiend almost. Then they, you know, but the they waited so long to pull the trigger for What's-Her-Face. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Varsity Julia, Julia Hart. Julia okay, Hart. yeah, so they did that, and then... That should have been like she's that should have been wrestling. next. That should have been next week that she's turned, and it took months. No, listen, I'm fine that it didn't happen immediately, but they took way too long. Yeah. It took way, way too long, and now she's just like a valet. Why is she not like in the yeah, women's right? division? Why like, is she, why is she not doing shit? So I think where they fucked up is they just they kept that slow burn going for too long. And even if like it was Malachi saying now they're back, like you got to put the titles on him and let them feel interesting. Uh, I don't know. Sure, fine. I love I love Kenny, but uh, Kenny needs to be doing single stuff right now. I think maybe he doesn't want to, but that's okay. I listen. Let Kenny go into the fucking TNT division for a little bit. That'd be and, like, sick. And let him do other shit. I don't know. I just feel like this isn't working. Then you've got what is probably the best story on here, uh, which is the Texas death match between John Moxley and hangman Adam page. Now this has been simmering going all the way back to, I don't remember the first time they fought so it was before all out. Right. Or right yeah. after. And this is a very simple story of like they, you know, Moxley's always played the tweener. BCC has always played tweeners, but now they're like starting to kind of go more heelish with the exception of Brian Danielson, especially with the guiding light of Regal being gone and hangman, you know, he's showing that anxiety again, but he's also, it's like him trying to prove that he's tough enough. It's, it's, 
you know, Hangman's story is always going to be, does he trust himself enough to be the guy? And I'm okay with that because you're giving it different story beats. And putting him up against Moxley, you know, every time they they have great chemistry together, every time they're in the ring, it feels visceral. It brings out Hangman's, like, vicious side. And, you know, Moxley is the, is the ace of AEW. So this feels like the best... And who wins this is totally, I think it's up in the air. It's been pretty back and forth. You would assume Hangman goes over, but Moxley has not lost to many people. And But that's that's kind of what's really nice about Moxley. He's been so well protected that like he can lose to any top-of-the-card guy, and it's not going to hurt him whatsoever. I feel like what you'd expect to happen is Hangman goes over, Moxley finally takes that well-deserved break. While maybe Did he get Hangman... his fucking vacation yet? Let the man go to Universal No, Studios, he hasn't gotten man. his vacation. He, has, he can't even fucking cross the street. Uh, Let me ask you this. I, I feel... Yes. How good did it feel when Hangman won the belt? Against Great. Kenny. Really? An all-time moment, for sure. All-time moment, right? It has been... like I think... You want to pinpoint things? Like you could pinpoint it to that. So not not him winning the belt off Kenny, but like him getting sandbagged. They didn't know what to do. They let him. They just let him in front of the firing squad. You know, because uh, let, and like this doesn't have to become a punk discussion, but they let him in front of the firing squad. Whether or not, whether or not he was in the wrong, right? They. I'm not going to say they ruined him, but they took away that mystique that he had. You know, when the title came up on the screen from the AEW graphics department saying we're rooting for you guy. You know, I don't know. I hope they can get that back. Let's put it that way. Some of it is timing. I'm not going to put it on punk necessarily, but um, you know, and I get it. Punk was the mega star. I'm not even saying that he was the wrong, you know, that it was wrong to have him go. Did he lose a step over it though? Like, is it fair to say that? Does it seem like he's hesitant since? Because that's what it seems a little bit to me. And I think you can very easily work that in story, right? But like I said, Hangman's story is always going to be doubting himself. And that's okay. Because it lets him be that like, you know, perpetual baby face with an edge. And that's okay with me. But yeah, I mean, they didn't book his reign. I thought his reign was better than people said it was. But probably one too many Adam Cole matches. And... They started off hot, right? The Danielson feud was really fucking good. Really, really good. Some of the best matches AEW has produced. And I was cool with Cole, but probably won too many Cole matches. Um, but I think it he was a victim of circumstance. He his story culminates and then it's like punks there. And it became flavor of the day. Honestly, part of that is the fans. Uh you know, punk was over. It's not like, you know, but also we know that punk was very heavily involved in booking and helping Tony book. And all I know, all we know is that punk doesn't like hangman and maybe it was because of what hangman did and maybe it wasn't, but like, I got to think that matters a little bit, but the smart money here should be him going over on Oxley and, you know, get that fire back and let Moxley take his break. Where do you take it from there? Where you take it from there is I think you you know you could make Hangman be MJF's next challenger. They have poked at one another, but I don't believe they've actually locked up. If I remember, you know what, that would be a good one. 
So I think that would be fine. Let MJF really exploit Hangman's anxieties. Let MJF be something better than what they are currently having him do. You know, have him be more cerebral. Because this brings us to the biggest issue. 60-minute Iron Man match between MJF and Brian Danielson. The story itself is simple enough. Uh, Brian Danielson is challenging MJF. He's finally putting himself in the main event, and he's going, I'm going to make MJF wrestle. You don't get to pull bullshit. You're wrestling me. You're going to have to out-wrestle me. The problem is how we got there is yet another fucking seven stages of MJF. We couldn't have... I get it. Let Brian Danielson wrestle all the best people, but like we couldn't have done any other way to get here. And... I think that people have been very quick to turn on MJF as like, oh, he's a one trick pony now. And like, you know, because you all, you don't like classic heels. You wanted MJF to be something different and he's not. He's being exactly what he's been the whole time. And that's your problem for thinking different. But uh, the story is boring. That's the problem. The story is boring and no one cares about the payoff, really. Yeah. Like, is MJF going to out-wrestle Danielson? Is he going to cheat? Like, what? I don't know. It's just not interesting. Well, circling back to our previous conversations, like the trials and tribulations of being MJF's opponent, it's very... It's hard. It's very one way, you know? It's like, okay, like, we get it. Jesus Christ. Let's let's bring up the old fucking past things, you know? I don't know. And you know what? He, whether or not Hangman's was self-inflicted, MJF really got fucking screwed over too, dude. <laughs> you know? Yes. Again, another storyline of what was real, what was not, with him freaking out in Vegas, and that seemed very real to me. Um, I think it was. I think it was too, you know? And he... Whether or not we all knew it was him under that mask, uh, that was supposed to be a hot storyline for him coming back and for him to face Punk. And he could have said a lot, you know? I think like Tony begged and pleaded for him not to reference it on air and to his credit, he did not maybe like here and there, but uh, he really has taken it in stride and he was rewarded with the belt. Um, And his feud with Mox was good. Yeah. People were ready for Mox to drop to MJF and the storyline worked. It's kind of, you know, I think that the reason why people are so angry at MJF back doing the like, classic old school heel shtick is that it's like but you've shown us that you're so much more interesting than that like well here's that's who you were starting off but you're so much more interesting than that here's the thing he wins this match right he wins a 60 man iron match against brian danielson that's not like a 20 minute match against a couple other guys in AEW, man. That's fucking Brian Danielson, Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to harness something from that that cannot be wasted. Yes. Regardless so, of how we got there, MJF has all the tools to make this incredible. Right. And Danielson, if there's any guy that you trust to help run a match like this against a younger, less experienced champion, it's fucking it's the american dragon if there's anyone who will make this work in mjf's favor it'll be the american dragon um but i agree with you 
do not squander if as long as the match comes out the way it should do not squander that energy yeah no make it's it really important make it, make it I, matter i do not mind if he wins but just nope, make it that, matter keep that in the, yeah exactly um and so you know at the end of the day i'm not trying to gripe for the sake of gripe and i'm going to buy the pay-per-view i expect it to be a fun watch and i i will always want AEW to succeed but i'd be lying if i said i haven't tuned in in a little bit you know i i do my check-ins i check my highlights i pay attention to the story beats but i'm a little bit treating it like wwe right now and it's not you know bottom of the barrel like wwe is but it the magic isn't there right now and it hasn't been there since all out and i really you know we keep saying the word reset every time we talk about them let's hope this is the reset let's hope this is the re- this has to be the reset or what are we doing they don't have to do a lot they just need four of those matches to hit and if they hit everybody's going to be fucking talking about AEW again for the time being um Until at Mania. least well at least where they want people to like where where they want people to be at you know what i mean yeah so I'm not like I'm not poo pooing, but I'm it's, nervous. Yeah, no, it's fun burying them, but I they're not like they're fine. It's fine. They're not dead in the water. They're fine. Yeah, like we both relax like, about that. But I want it to be better. But they I, also as they a fan also, want it to be better. They also need to go through this, you know? They're still a young company. They still have to find themselves. You're not wrong. So and that brings us to the old company. And you know. We're not going to just we're not going to run through everything mania tonight, because like I said, we're on the road and we're looking at. Let's see. When's the official date, Ryan? April 6th, April. So we're we're a month and some change out. Right. So we're going to slow. No, I apologize. It's April 2nd, April 2nd. So almost exactly a month away. We got at least three episodes ahead of us where we're going to spend a bunch of time talking about this and, you know, we'll go through the full card. So instead of running through individual storylines and let's run through the (laughs) storyline. Well, well, we haven't, we haven't talked about it. So I guess let's first off start uh, Montreal. Montreal elimination Um, chamber. How do you feel? It was another, it was another really strong pay-per-view. Okay. For WWE. It was another very strong pay-per-view. Uh both chamber matches were really good. The men's chamber match, literally my only complaint is that Triple H didn't mention Montez Ford in the uh Yeah, he knows right he, he after. fucked up. He he corrected he that knows. afterwards. Dude, the future is uh, good too there, man. Oh wow. I mean, listen. First that off, was that people... was an NXT five star match written all over it, and it's good to see that they're harnessing that now. Especially with the U.S. People, spelled of all things, too, that's really people good. People were man. worried. People were worried that Triple H was burying Austin Theory after they had him geeked out with the Money in the Bank contract. But I had faith. All right, and the reason I had faith is because Austin Theory, that character, needed to burn for Austin Theory to be a big enough deal to like be the future of the company. Being Vince's weird son. And like goofy, still half the way, like that wasn't going to work for anybody. You needed to be able to take theory more seriously. Let him be that shithead heel. Let him be brash and cocky. He went through his paces 
and he got the belt back. And like you said, the Elimination Chamber match, of all things, was for the U.S. Championship. You had heavy hitters in it. People felt like they wanted it. And Theory retained, and I wasn't even that mad. The only thing I was mad about was, like, Logan Paul. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing I was really mad about. Outside of that, I was like, okay, yeah, fine, why not? Uh. Once he gets his style down, he reminds me of like a non-scummy young Randy Orton. That I was just about to say, there's a lot of that young, cocky, brash, yeah. like evolution. Uh, I always forget the what was the one with him and Cody Rhodes? The evolution and the legacy, legacy. Yeah, very much that energy. Uh, agreed, but not a carbon copy. Austin Theory has a distinct personality and, you know, it got rehabbed really well over the last six months. And yeah, they did a really good job because now he's not just silly fucking selfie man. Now he's like, I am that good. I'm cocky as shit. Like, it's just I don't know. It's simple. It was a simple character change, but it has worked. Yeah, because uh, he's winning. That's right. all you have to do when you have a character like that. You could have chicken shit um, heels, but he's not really a chicken shit heel. He kind of fucking he stands up to shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's he's he He's not afraid and to back also, down. Also, that whole sequence with um what was it? It was Seth and uh Oh Seth. Um It wasn't Tez. Who was Bronson. it? Bronson. Yeah, you're talking about who the the ones where they chased where like they chased Theory into the pod and then like oh, okay. Seth came up from behind. Who was that? I was thinking of the spot with uh, Tez, Seth Rollins, and Bronson. No, 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 no. It was um, oh, Gargano. Yes, yes. The, the where with Gargano and Seth like backing him up into the pod. It, like just first off, uh, Gargano. I love to see him being highlighted, and this is exactly the type of match with exactly the type of per- of uh, performers where Johnny Gargano excels. Yep. Uh, yeah, he has that RVD a, aspect to him when it comes to that. Just a standout performance. Seth, uh, you, I just can't say enough good things about Seth. I, I Please put the belt on him soon. One of them, something, please. I just, I love him so much. He's so good. Uh, The mixed match had no business being that good. Loved it. Yeah, it was uh, fun, man. Finn and Edge, like I, I don't care if the feud's old. I as long as you're no, having still fucking, fun. Finn is gonna have a ma- a singles match at Mania. Let's go. I'm here for what did it. I, what did I text you? Thank the good Lord in the year 2023, we still have Edge. <laughs> yes, and it's serious, dude. Uh, Thank God we still have Edge, man. At, so at, to not at get the, at the peak he is right now. <laughs> to not get lost in it, right? Overall, Chamber was really strong. Uh, love that Asuka, w- it will be the challenger for Bianca. I'm really looking forward to that. Same with Ray and Charlotte. But uh, the main event, Sammy versus Roman, um, I think it delivered. The crowd was electric. Montreal, they were just an incredible legendary, crowd. Legendary, man. It really, was legendary. really special. Five when... straight minutes at the beginning of the match, n- just not letting up. Electricity. When when's the last time you saw that? An Undertaker match, dude. The last time that I can think of a crowd being that like the last the the last time recently was Drew and Cardiff 
where okay. the crowd was just molten. But this was even this was even more so because Drew and Cardiff was an electric crowd, but every but you know the storyline wasn't going to pay off. Sammy, yeah, you knew, but the crowd was so hot and the storyline so good that you were like, do they fucking call an audible? And you know. Anybody that is in the year 2023 and saying that anyone is the best wrestler in the world that isn't Roman Reigns is probably wrong at this point. He's not the best bell to bell, but like he is just, he has just perfected this character. The, the talking to himself in the ring, the facial expressions, the psychology. Wise oh man. God. So good. So good. Uh, the match was really good. We all knew it was going to end with fuckery, but Jay being faced with the same decision Sammy was, and instead of hitting Roman, just leaving, it just said so much about that storyline, even with Sammy spearing Jay afterwards. Um, it was also like the first they... serious Sammy Zayn match we've gotten. And forgive Very me if I, time. in a long time. Thank you. No, you're not. You're not at all wrong. In a long I would, time, I, man. Because I would argue that since he went heel, it's a little bit not been serious, even when he was Intercontinental Champion, because it was all the fucking, you know, conspiracy hijinks. This is the most serious match you've seen maybe since, what was it, Backlash with Owens in like 2016 or Battleground, whatever it was, 2017. And maybe it was some 4D chess to give him some like extensive time to rest up to go off on a run. You know, I don't know, man. All I know is, uh, you know. So so here's my point, right? What I wanted right. to talk about instead of talk instead of even necessarily talking about the storyline in WWE, I wanted to talk more about what we're seeing leading into Mania and the overall vibe. And even with this, like even with Vince coming back, which is its own special kind of like well, before hate. before we get that, I just, I just really wanted to ask you one question. How close do you think they came to calling the audible? Not yeah. I don't I don't think it was ever in jeopardy. Um and I I can't say I disagree because at the end of the day Cody being as over as he is even with Sammy like any other time in WWE and any other time any other babyface I feel like the crowd straight up hijacks that storyline. The fact that the crowd is still so solidly behind Cody and behind Sammy if you don't pull the trigger on Cody now, it'll never make sense. No, and that's it'll fine. never be as good. It was just it, that was a generational crowd, and it it, it was it, it and, sucks it didn't get fully utilized. But I understand where you're coming from. And listen, it still sucks that like if Cody did not have his five star Hell in a Cell, this would be a different story. But mm -hmm. he 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 deserves to be there, and they do need to strike. So, with that in mind, please continue. So we get to you know, this overall vibe of WWE since Triple H took over, even with Vince coming back, even with rumors that Vince is somewhat involved in creative and whatever. Here's what we know about WWE as we enter WrestleMania. First off, the Intercontinental and United States Championships are not only being defended after not being defended at all last year, but de being defended in marquee matches. Austin Theory is getting a John Cena match for, I mean, 
I don't know if this is weird to say, but the United States Championship feels more defined by Cena than the WWE Championship does, in spite of the 15 times, 16 times, whatever Cena is. Like, because Cena's open challenge did so much to make that title feel special. So, Austin Theory versus John Cena. And then for the Intercontinental Championship, getting Gunther, who is easily, with all all due respect to The Miz, Gunther is the best Intercontinental Champion since probably whenever the last time Jericho held it. I don't, or like The Rock. I don't know who the fuck. I, I can't think of the last time the Intercontinental Championship mattered this much. Felt probably not even to this degree, but I could think of Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, exactly. Like I say with all due respect to Miz because the Miz is the only other person that has made that belt matter in like 20 years. But because of booking and character, you didn't you, the w, WWE didn't want you to take the Miz as seriously as the mm. Miz wanted you to take yeah, it that's seriously. Fair. But Gunther demands that respect Gunther's presentation his booking demands that you care and he has made the Intercontinental Championship feel like a prize for the first time in forever and you've got Drew McIntyre fighting for it I love to see a main eventer go down to the mid card for a little bit because I don't I've never viewed that as a demotion that is what a healthy wrestling promotion does your mid card will never matter if main event people don't care about it so I love Drew being inserted in that and if they end up inserting Sheamus as well uh, all the better um but you've got the mid card belts feeling important you've got it, right now it looks like internally the plan is for Charlotte and Rhea to headline and while I'm always going to be here for a women's championship headlining and again, yeah, really, you think they have that headline? No, they're gonna have. I, I think and... it has oh, night, to be night it, one. Okay, it, I see. night one, but it it really has to be Sammy and KO versus the Usos. It, this has to be about the bloodline. But either mm. way, the tag championships mattering, feeling like they matter. The top of the card, the biggest heel in a generation the most dominant champion in a generation uh two incredibly three incredibly strong baby faces between Sammy, KO and Cody uh all coexisting at the same time gunning for the same shit the crowd turning on no one uh the women having some really strong stories throughout the card i mean i can't think of a recent time where WWE across the board felt this fresh and you got to give credit where it's due, man. I will shit. I, I will shit on them until the cows come home. But I don't have a ton to complain about right now. No, it's the strongest mania season in years. So, I mean, just ride. It's going to be good. And I think part of what makes it good is outside of Roman retaining over Cody, which like would be probably the worst call they could make and i but i don't like outside of that and maybe sammy and ko dethroning the usos outside of the bloodline shit essentially which i feel like the booking is on the wall 
everything else is kind of like, eh, man, whoever wins, wins. We, it feels exciting. If it's Drew to take the belt off of Gunther, cool. If it's Sheamus, cool. If it's Gunther to retain, cool. If Austin Theory gets a win over Cena, awesome. If Cena comes back for another United States run and wants, yeah, sure, why not? You know, I think Bianca retaining over Asuka would be the wrong move. I think that Charlotte retaining over Rhea would be the wrong move. But even so, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of excitement in the air. It's the strongest season I can think of in memory and really highlights how important se- even semi-competent booking is. Yeah. Um, you know, the six months or whatever that Triple H has been in head of creative, like, you know, the one, the Wrestling Observer Awards came out and of course, AEW and Tony Khan swept everything. Listen, the That's last it. six months of, the last six months of Triple H's booking has been better than Tony Khan's entire year, even with the first half of the year with no, Punk being good. That's fair. And that's nothing. That, you know, that's fine. But like moving forward, if he wins the next year, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad that fake internet award is so bad. NXT 2.0 is thriving under HBK. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to the people and be like, yeah, I tune in all the time. But like 2.0 has got interesting characters. It's got really strong character work. The wrestling's good. I'll um, say it before and I'll say it again. They had to they had to let NXT black and gold die in order for this to live. And it, it's at and it's at where it should be at. Black and gold set up WWE for a decade. 2.0 is looking towards the next decade going younger. And I think the fact that it's building up these people who are not people like Kevin Steen, El Generico, Adam Cole, baby, Kyle, you know, Red Dragon, fucking Shinsuke Nakamura. The fact that they're building up people like Braun Breaker or Grayson Waller, you know, Cameron Grimes. This that's important. You have to be able to stock the coffers and WWE's future is incredibly bright right now. And like you said with AEW, AEW's is as well. It's all about how do you capitalize on that momentum? WWE is riding all the momentum in the world heading into Mania. AEW is languishing right now. This is get right season. WWE is most likely going to knock this out of the park. And this could go down as one of the best manias of all time if, you know, if everything pans out. Balls in AEW's court, right? AEW and WWE really can't be compared at this point. Probably never could. But like the ball to succeed? Like the balls in AEW's court to like you either are gonna become forever slightly bigger indie company to anyone else, or you are the proven alternative. I mean, look, they they already get revolution right. They already are. Whether or not you want to place them above or below WWE is your prerogative. You know, but maybe this is a good thing for them to step into the foreground a little bit, right? Let them figure out shit for the year ahead. We're still in March. Um, You know, let them figure out uh, double or nothing. Let them figure out if they're going to... Did people just figure out they were going to do a Forbidden Door? That wasn't announced yet, right? No, there was a rumor that it was going to be June 24th at the Tokyo Dome, but we're not sure what's going to happen. By okay. the way, 
to the tag match. So I was right that it was Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, but Orange Cassidy and Danhausen won the casino tag match, and they will now be in that tag match as well. Oh, it nice. pro- <laughs> it, it should have been Chuck and Trent because holy shit, can best friends just get a win? But uh, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, they're gonna turn. They're gonna turn. They're kind of been teasing that. We need solo Trent Beretta. That's what that company needs. I do love question mark Trent. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, I don't know. It's like AEW. It's fine if they're in the if they're in the shotgun right now. Let them let them cook. Pretty much. Look, they need. They're not going to be in the same stratosphere as WWE. That's fine. But what you can't have, it, like the thing that AEW is right, is they're the they're the alternative. They're the best wrestling, but. A lot of the times they can feel like WWE light and they need to not compete at that game. They need to like regain that sense of identity of what it means to be a member of all elite wrestling. And like, if they don't get it right at revolution, you have to be able to move past the specter of punk, whether he comes back or not, you have to be able to move past all out and they have to get this right for the sake of MJF's reign for the sake of the women for the mid card like they have to they have to get this right and they have to carry that momentum past mania into the future and then let the chips fall where they may okay you know especially ring of honor tapings are happening so we'll be able to finally remove ring of honor and let it be its own thing like it should be which is only good news for for AEW. finally 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 um for New Japan, there is quite a bit happening, but um, yeah, I'm going to hold off on talking about it. All I will say is the great Muda had his retirement match. Uh, yeah, I saw the last the last special match. Yeah. Um, what was very good is after his match with Tetsuya Naito and Naito goes over in apparently a very good match, Muda says, you know what? No, one more, but we're doing it right now. And of all fucking people, he calls out motherfucking Masahiro Chono and Tiger Hattori to ref. And it looks like Chono Masahiro... was going to cry. And Chono puts like, him down with the Shining Wizard. I don't know if he was going to, if that was planned, but if it wasn't, then they, he really did a good job at like. Nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows if it was planned. Uh, it's it's generally up in you now. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Was it like a five minute, two minute, ten? Like I mean, Chono is Chono. He's like, he, how did he look? That's what I want to know. He did looked Chono good, like, but I mean, like, how old is he? He's got to be in his mid fifties, if not older. Uh, oh, he's fifty nine. Okay, so he's a little younger than I thought. So yeah, he, he. I mean, like the guy broke his neck. So um, yeah, whatever. Let him be fine. Yeah, but no, it was fine. But, it was great. I mean, like it, for for the for the it was a moment. It was a great moment. Exactly for the moment that it was, it was perfect, and that was and then apparently apparently the Okada Kiyomiya match was incredible. Is that the dude he's beefing with? Yeah, that's the Noah. That's the GHC champion. That's great, and man. you're just you're just getting shit heel Okada, and I love it. Uh, the only thing I will say about New Japan right now is. So it looks like Jay White is officially gone from the company after not only losing to Hikaleo for Loser Leaves Japan, but then losing to Eddie Kingston for Loser Leaves Ooh. New Japan. Ouch. I love me some Eddie, but ouch. Like, if that doesn't so tell with, you anything. So with that, 
Yeah, Jay White is most likely going to WWE. Cool, man. Um, That's going to be fucking awesome. Look, I would I prefer him in AEW so that we can keep that continuity? Yes. Yes, I would. Do you want however, him lost in the shuffle? Do you want him in, however, a, do you yeah. want him in a faction? Jay, I don't. Jay White, the thing is, WWE is going to be looking for who's the big heel. Now, Gunther is going to be right there and probably is the logical choice for who dethrones Cody, whenever that is. But yeah, you need like the big villains when Roman's gone. And Jay White stepping in as that guy is probably what's best for business. Bro, no way now, to make him face, right? Don't get me can wrong. He, can he blade, be face? Has he ever yes, been face? Yeah, no, when he came back as the Switchblade initially, he was like, uh, he was kind of like a heel in a face faction, you know? So he was doing some heel stuff, but he was with the good guys, and that was cool. Uh, he has excellent promo work and i've seen enough promos from him to know that like he would be a very good baby face if if that's what he wanted to do mm -hmm. but wwe is not gonna need a top face with cody sammy kevin drew like they're they're seth they're good on that what they're gonna need is another big fucking heel and the switchblade jay white is that guy so you know what if he comes back to W, if he goes to WWE, hell, if he goes to WWE, becomes Cody's first feud, whatever we want to do here. Uh, I all I'll say is Jay White is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Um, he did everything he could do in New Japan. I will miss him in New Japan. I think that he felt really special there. I think that you know, losing the ability to curse, like anyone who can cut a decent promo will learn how to do it without cursing, but it did just make it feel more real. But that doesn't even matter. Um, I will miss him in New Japan. I will miss his interactions with Izuchiko Okada, with Tanahashi, with Ibushi, who's also no longer with the company, with Naito. Uh, Jay defines this last new era of New Japan, and, and I will miss him. I will miss him in it, but... If he goes to WWE, all I want is treat him like the motherfucking superstar he is. So Damien has a more monumental feeling and understanding for New Japan than I do. But from my perspective, you know, when he kind of just took the mantle from Omega when he left and he fucking ran with it. And, you know, it it was a night it was a nice progression to watch him because like when he first beat Okada, I was like, yo, who's this guy? And then he grew that beard and I was like, Oh, he's that guy. Okay. No, he's that guy. And he just, he fucking, they gave him like that. That is textbook getting the brass win. And he fucking yep. put that shit on and wore it. So, yeah. And you know what? He won, he won the title in Osaka and, and made the clap crowd break to chant his name in what he considered to be his hometown in Japan. So he had his moments, you know, he, 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 you cannot say that he was squandered. Jay White was important from the moment he came back and joined chaos to the moment he turned on Okada and became leader of Bullet Club and say what you want about how Bullet Club did under him. Uh, Jay White really, really solidified himself as, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world. My one of my personal favorites and. WWE losing Roman if they gain the switchblade uh they're going to be a okay they'll be okay either way but 
I, I trust I would not trust Vince. I will trust Triple H. Okay. So, you know, all in all to wrap up, like I said, so we're we're aiming to do we're aiming to be consistent through Mania season. So we will talk more about specific storylines and histories as we as we get closer and as the card gets more solidified. So we'll just leave it at there's a lot of excitement, a lot of it deserved. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a spectacle and, you know, enjoy the ride with us. And, uh, you know, next, next week or next episode or next episode after whatever, you know, dive in a little bit more with what's going on in Noah and new Japan, you know, got the cup coming up not too long from now. Got some, some fun stuff happening over there. Some big changes, uh, Noah's hot again. And, uh, you know, might even talk about some impact. And, you know, by that time, Ring of Honor, the tapings, they've already started to leak. We might start seeing some stuff. So, you know, we'll we'll sprinkle in the other stuff. Don't worry. It's not it's not the AEWWE show all the time here. Oh, boy. Now it's both. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are the New Japan podcast. We are the premier New Japan podcast. That's what we are. Yes, sir. So, Ryan, as we wrap up, you got a little something, something for me here. I do. You should have it. See, I sent it before the prompt. Oh, boy. Okay. I feel like I'm going to guess the wrong nationalities here. And then, uh, okay. So this looks like a picture from, so this is a child. I'm going to guess that this picture would have been taken like in the 70s. Would that be correct? Correct. correct. So this would be somebody, they look about eight. Fair to say. Mid-70s, late-70s. Going to say early-70s. Uh, no, actually, this is about this is about 1970, 70, uh, like 72. This is 1972? Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, this is far too young to be someone like Roman. Uh, so this is 1972. So we're looking for somebody at this point to be like 60 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. Yeah? Okay. Almost. S- somebody we just spoke about. No, not directly. Okay. Let's take a look here. All right. Well, let's start with, let's start with, I'm getting like, Samoan Island vibes from this is that off the mark? Correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they were a ki- so if they were a kid, and what year did you say? Seventy. About seventy two. Oh, seventy two. All right. So that means that they, that they would be hitting their stride in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. In his case, a little later. Uh, late ni- late nineties. Late 90s Samoan. Mm-hmm. In the Anoa'i family? Yes. Rikishi? That's Rikishi, baby. That's tiny Rikishi? That's tiny Rikishi. Oh, he's a little cutie. Look <laughs> at him. Look at him. Oh, he's a little cutie. Who, Rikishi. Dude, certainly everybody that... Jay and Jimmy's dad. Yes, for everybody that does not know... 
Rikishi of the legendary Noai family, Jay and Jimmy, and Solo Uso's uh, father, the great master of the stink face, the too cool himself. Uh, Rikishi is an interesting wrestler. It would probably be cool to do something about the other members of the Inouye's, you know, but Rikishi was I would love to do that, by the way. R- Rikishi was, was interesting in in what he was in WWE, wasn't he? Because yep. Rikishi was never really, like, a main eventer. Uh, he never won the big one. But he was just, like, over all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, an absolute legend in every sense of the word. Um. You know, when you look at his accomplishments, you realize he did not, from a title perspective, strictly, he didn't do a ton in WWF, WWE. No, he didn't. He was part of the Head Shakers 2.0, which could have been good in its own right, but it was stuck in that, you know, it was just his uncle's tag team for the most part. Then they stuck him with Make a Difference Fat 2, which he was pretty much just big pun. And then he was the Sultan which I went to, I yeah, I, w- I was at uh, Survivor Series 96 and the Sultan came out and he fucking freaked me out because he had the, he had like the curly like Arabian shoes and like he was wearing a mask. Little did I know who that had become years later. And then they he kind of took the mantle from Yokozuna of being the Samoan sumo wrestler. And then that's how he started getting over because they let him be who he is, you know. They didn't try to make Mm -hmm. him some wacky character that Vince came up with. They let him be himself. And then he met two men and linked up with them. And that is Brian Christopher and Scott Garland, otherwise known as AKA Scotty to hottie. I want to give a shout out to my boy Marlon. He posted on Twitter. We used to be a country. And and it was, yes. He posted, we used to be a country, and it was the gif of Too Cool doing their dance, like putting on the shades and the lights going down. At the Rumble? At, at anywhere. I forget what it was. It might have just been a random night raw. But, dude, when that shit happened, th- bigger than anything on the show. And look up any other characters that did it with them, you know? Like, I think Chris Jericho did one with him. China and Triple H did one with him. Like, I don't know. That was, that was like... That was getting over in the 90s where you didn't have to do a whole fucking lot. And WWE really used to run with that shit. Because why not, right? What Should some 300-pound Samoan and two goofy-ass white guys get over? Probably the not, man, but they did. The man, the man used the stink face as his signature move and so- got that shit over. So past that, he turns heel, right? He established what was himself. His, what was his finisher, by the way? Uh, I think it was the Samoan Slam. Mm. It wasn't the spike. It stink face was kind of just like his. It was his signature, yeah. It was like his setup, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, it was either yeah. like, the, I'm pretty sure it was like the Samoan Slam. Okay. So then he kind of goes on his own, turns on too cool. And then he established himself as the rock cousin. He, of course, was the guy that ran over Stone Cold because he did it for The Rock. And then... Orchestrated by Triple H. Yes. And then they made him a singles 
star. He got in that awesome Armageddon, uh, Hell in a Cell six man, which we should do a watch along to because it's a fucking amazing match. Gets choke slammed off the fucking side onto a fucking truck. Which listen, if there's crash pads on that truck, I don't care. That man took that fall. <laughs> that man should not yeah. be taking that fall, and he did. And then no. yeah, it kind of petered out, and then he just realized like. I'm probably better as a tag team. But, uh, you know, had a very love solid career. Kishy. Love yeah, me some love me some Absolutely, Absolutely, man. When he he left at one point, and then The Rock came back, and this is like the final Kiss My Ass Club moment, when like The Rock brings out Tristratus, and like she's ready to go, and Vince uh, like, Vince like yes. happily like crawls out of his knees, and yes, then like, yes, not yes. like just out of left, like out of the frame of the camera comes ahead just to stop. Vince's he- Vince's face like this, <laughs> and then Rikishi comes out, and like people go fucking nuts for it. Um, it would bring me just just the greatest joy if Rikishi comes out in WrestleMania. I want to see the I want to see the Inoais. I want to see Rikishi. I want to see the Wild Samoans. We won't see the Rock. That's fine. Just like him, like Roman, like chilling in like the locker room or something like that. And all of a sudden, like the camera just goes over like this, and it's for Kishi again. Like he finally has this long-awaited because he has to have a conversation with Roman. I I suspect though that it won't be at Mania. I suspect that what will happen is they'll save remembers... that for when The Rock comes back for that build-up to it. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it another time. Okay, that's fine. remember that. Remember that Solo, his son, was sent there by the elders. Ah, uh, and yes. Everyone's presumption is that he was sent That's the to best help part Roman. Of the everyone, the... everyone assumes that Solo is there to protect Roman at the behest of the answer at uh, the behest of the elders. But in reality, he's almost certainly there to like make sure that the family's not embarrassed. Yeah. I, I guess I guess we'll have to do a proper coverage in the next episode. But all I want to say is that you can look at the the bloodline, which is the best story in wrestling simply for the fact that it was continued for two years miraculously by WWE. But there's so many fucking layers to it. Yeah, it's Roman it's himself. Really good. There's the Usos. Really and great. then there's fucking Solo, which is going to be the best part about the bloodline, man. Yep. Sammy, KO, Drew, all of these really important parts of this story. Cody now. Yeah, it's just... So we'll talk about it more later. So, right. uh, like I said, uh, we'll we'll be around for Mania. All right, we'll be talking all about it over the next month, getting ready for it. Uh, so to finish off, we will keep you folks no longer, all right? But you'll see us very soon. So in closing, everybody point at the sign with me now. All right, everybody point to the sign. That's right. For Ryan and for myself, this has been the most electrifying must listen to podcast in sports entertainment. This is the road to F F C.